Good evening, Hampton Road, Tidewater Region, Northern North Carolina, and Internet listeners everywhere. Welcome to tonight's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. As always, you're listening to us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial here in Hampton Roads. And we're here to break down, discuss, and offer insight into the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. Our mission is to help restore, rebuild, and perfect those marriage and family relationships. So glad to be here once again. You know, I was uh, I spent the last week traveling. My wife and I, we went to Texas to visit my son, my daughter, and our grandchildren. Then we went on to Kentucky, where we ministered in a men's conference, and the Lord truly blessed us. And uh, added blessing was being able to spend some quality time with my family, my mother, my brothers, my sister, my cousins, nephews, nieces. Um, it was just marvelous. It was just wonderful. And I entered a discussion with my brothers regarding uh, the issue of raising children and especially raising daughters. And I'm so glad and so delighted to announce to you tonight that I've asked my brother uh, to join in the discussion this evening. And the glorious thing about him is that uh, he's a father and he has three daughters and one wife. And since I've been doing this series on women's issues, and I've spent the last couple of weeks uh, dealing with the issues of uh, transitioning from girls to women, I thought it would be a good idea if I asked him to join the conversation with us. So I'm glad to have on the line with us tonight my brother. Uh, I always like to call him my very, very, very oldest brother, uh, Pastor Byron Hodges, all the way from Jacksonville, Florida. So good to have you tonight with us, Brother Byron. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for thinking about us. Yeah, always thinking about you. And again, I've been doing a series on women's issues, and you've been in the house with uh, all women, and you're the only man for the last 40-some-odd years now. So you ought to have a particular perspective on that. And uh, and since I mentioned that, how has that felt, being the only man in a house full of women for all these many years? Well, listen, that's when I, honestly, that's a good question. I uh, That's when I realized that God has a sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, we, 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 we had the girl, and uh, then we prayed for a son. We had another girl, and then we prayed for a son, and we had another girl. And we were even prophesying, I think, to our two oldest daughters, that you're going to get a brother next time. And then when that brother didn't come, you know, we had to go back and explain, well, God is sovereign. And, uh, yeah. But I always say that God showed me that he had a sense of humor by blessing me, and I emphasize blessing me with all daughters. Yeah, I understand that. And I tell you what, if there's one thing that we ought to know about God is the fact that he is sovereign. He can do what he, he wants to do, when he wants to do it, to whom he wants to do it, and how long he wants to do it. And, and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he Great. knows the whole deal from beginning to end. Now, how many daughters do you have, and what are their ages, if you don't mind telling us? I have three daughters. Uh, oldest is 40. Uh, my second oldest is 35. And my youngest is 26. Wow. Now, uh, my oldest grandchild is also a girl. She's uh, 22. And uh, and so, actually, I always I have four daughters. And, um, you know, so uh, I've been around girls and women uh, pretty much all my life. 
Uh, and uh, but it's been a blessing, and God has provided. And I've learned a lot about uh, the female species, but still have a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Hey, you know, you just reminded me, you do have granddaughters, too. I have granddaughters, two granddaughters and, uh, no, three granddaughters and two grandsons. Uh-huh. Wow. So, yeah, you, you definitely ought to have a, a particular perspective yeah, on, uh, yeah. on, on, on women. Yeah, that's great, man. Now, and 40 years old, 30 years old, 26 years old, you certainly don't have girls any longer. You have all grown women. Grown, grown. Grown women. And they and they remind me daily, Daddy, I'm grown. Now. Yeah. Daddy, I'm grown. <laughs> and, you know, before we get into it, I'd, I'd just like to say that, you know, when it comes to parenting your adult children, the one thing I always tell people is that you can't parent adults the same way you parent children. And one of the main things about parenting adults is that you have a relationship where they know that if and when they fall on their faces, they can come home and get patched up by mom and daddy. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an always developing relationship, and you're right. Uh, parenting a 40-year-old is much different than parenting even a 20-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm grateful in that my 40-year-old still thinks enough of me to seek my advice, yeah. seek my counsel, and, uh, and, and receive what I have to say. Yeah. And, you know, I have to tell you, brother, that I'm not surprised at that at all because uh, I've observed your 40-year-old all of her life. Uh, I remember when she was born, and uh, and just the type of family that you and your wife have established together, your ideas, your philosophy of family. Uh, you know what I call you and your family, man. I call yeah. you all the tribe. You know, <laughs> you know? we've embraced that. We we really yeah. have. As a matter of fact, we speak of ourselves as a tribe. Yeah, that's yeah. great, man. Because and, and you know, and I, I have to pause just a moment and commend you on that, man. Uh, I want to commend you publicly on that because you, what you've done with your family uh, really fits into my definition of family. My definition of family is that, uh, in brief, just a, a God-ordained, ready-made, uh, ordained unit of support, nurturing, love, protection, security, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And you, I mean, you and your family, your wife have made a family that really uh, lives out that philosophy. So I want to really commend you on that, man. God bless you for that. We you know. appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. And, you know, you had a part in that, too, because uh, they really respect their uncles and yeah. their aunt. They really really do so yeah you know locally we call ourselves a tribe but yeah. then also the extended family yeah yeah appreciate it and it has played a major role yeah. in their development so i thank you for being who you are in their lives uncle car you know they yeah love uncle car yeah uncle car. yeah I appreciate that as well well you know i wish i could say this and not be totally biased but uh, you've got a, uh, you've got some great young ladies there, man. I, I mean that. Smart, intelligent, 
uh, wise, they know how to stick close to home and spread their wings out at the same time. So you all have done a great job, man. I appreciate well, that. I'm grateful. And listen, I, I hope you don't hear that baby boy in there crying, but I guess something must have just happened. <laughs> Maybe he hit his head or something. Yeah, and, and he's, learn, he's learning to find his place in the tribe and be a member of the tribe. He is, he is. <laughs> That's great, man. Now, listen, you raised these three daughters. Uh, 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 each of them, take them one at a time or all together, but just uh, tell me, what was most challenging about raising daughters? I think the most challenging thing, and, 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 and this even exists today, is trying to keep them in the faith. Mm. It's so easy to be distracted. I, wow. I, I wish you hear me now. Wow. Uh, that has been my biggest challenge because when they're in, when they were in school, uh, they were in school with classmates and friends yeah. whose parents didn't have the same philosophy that we had. Right. And so, and and I think you and I heard it as well, even as boys. You know, uh, they had to be in at a certain time. Right. And, right. Uh, and they were only allowed to do, and they were, and to this day, uh, they'll tell you their friends, well, we know where you're going to be at on Sunday. We know where you're going to be at. You're going to be in church. And so, uh, but the biggest thing, the biggest challenge was trying to keep them from being distracted by the power right. of your pressure. Wow, wow. That you is know, awesome. And, and, uh, and even to this day, uh, that's one of my biggest challenges. I mean, they're, they're strong in the faith. They are. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's not as easy to find peers who share their same values. Right, right. And, uh, and you know, morals and things. Yeah. Yeah, so that's been my biggest challenge. Yes. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge, whether you have girls or boys. With girls or boys, you know, and uh, that particular challenge is definitely gender neutral, and it's not getting any easier. The way the world is going, and, and it's so easy, I oftentimes say that we fill our plates up, and when they overflow, the first thing that uh, gets a lot of latitude and slack is our relationship with God and the practice of the faith. Sure. You know, so and 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 you're saying this to us in a day and time when uh, you're definitely in the minority when you even want your children to know God, and you uh -huh. make the conscience effort to introduce them to God and escort them in a relationship with God. And so many parents are deciding that they'll let their children grow up and decide on their own. Right, right. And uh, and that's a failure on the part of the parent. Yeah, but I, I can understand that being a challenge. And, and even as that's a challenge, raising them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, you know, and I imagine that impacts other areas of your life when you're raising them. And uh, it's a challenge. And, and would that lead into some particular fears that you had for your daughters also? Well, I, I think the fears are pretty much the same. Again, you know, they're not in our eyesight 24-7. Right. Uh, you know, and I had, you know, I had to let them go sometime. You know, I had to let them go out and do things. And, uh, you know, there's the natural fears, especially in this day and age, of will they come home safely? Mm. Uh, as a father of girls now, and, and you, you, you father boys, but... Yeah. And I could be wrong, so you can correct me on this, but I felt an extra responsibility to protect. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they were girls, and right or wrong, we look at the women.
women and the girls as a weaker species. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, a father just feels an extra pull to uh, to protect. Yeah. And so when they were out of my eyesight and they were gone to the ball games and you know, I, I've seen some things. Being in the military, I saw some young girls mistreated and abused. Right, you know, right. Young airmen right. and things. And, yeah. and these kind of things came to my mind when they were out of my sight. So, yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we, we think we, we believe that we did well. You know, they. Yeah. I, I haven't heard of anything far outside the norm that anything really <laughs> bad happened. Yeah. And uh so uh so we've been blessed. We've yeah. been blessed. And I, and that's a that's a good umbrella to put under. We've been blessed, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I think uh like you say I have four boys, but uh I think we take a extra sense of protection over daughters because we're right. men and we're fathers and we've been boys ourselves. Right and right. and and uh, there's certain things. There's just a few things that run through the mind of every boy, especially at certain ages. And so, uh, yeah. Now, and and that leads me to another point. You know, I've stated in a few previous broadcasts that the father is primarily responsible for helping a daughter define love and to recognize love and to be loved and to accept love. And the mother's primary responsibility is to model womanhood for her daughter. And uh, does that make sense to you in your experience? Absolutely, because... um one thing I've always, always said about myself, I wanted, I, I always ask myself, you know, I want to be the kind of man that I want my daughters to bring home. Right. In, in other words, when they see me, hmm. I want them to see the kind of man mm-hmm. that I want to bring home to my father. And one thing, and I, I think they will agree with this, I think and I really believe that they have seen love. You yeah. know, they, they, they saw some disagreements between the mother and I, but they always saw love. Yes. And um, and and I believe that that played a part in, you know, in some of the male uh, selections that they chose to bring home. They sure. knew what type of person I was. They knew what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. You know, in a man, you know, for them, what my expectations were. Yeah. And you know, I've even heard your daughter say, I want a man like my daddy. I want a man yeah. to love me like my daddy. And you know, so so you succeeded in that regard. You are, uh and again that's another point that I will commend you on. And 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 the thing that made you successful there is that you were able to put a standard on yourself and discipline yourself to give the image and give the portrait of a good man to your daughter. So, and and it sounds like you're telling me that it was more important to you to show them love rather than to tell them all about love. Well, you know, I have I, I have preached, and I think you've heard me say that. Uh, uh, unfortunately, our young people don't know what real love looks like, and yeah. there's not enough of them. So they start confusing it with other things. Right. They think that's love, or if someone gives them a lot of gifts, they think that's love. Right. That identifies the character of a person. Uh, if I have a lot of resources, I can give a lot of gifts, but that does not address 
my character. Right. And so and so I always try to display character. And you said something there earlier that reminds me, and to this day, and I think I've shared with you in the past, to this day, the biggest compliment that I've ever received in my life was when my oldest daughter came to me and said, Dad, uh, my son, if he grows up to be like you, I'll be the proudest person in the world. You're the kind of person I want my son to grow up to Wow. And uh, that was just something, even to this day, when I talk about that, it gets me a little choked up. Yeah, I imagine so. That was powerful uh, <laughs> testimony, you know. But, yeah, I imagine so. That That's an awesome thing to say. And, you know, there's nothing like, and I think that would make any mom or dad swell up, to hear their sons and daughters celebrate them. Right. Uh, uh, one of my sons recently told me, I'm proud to be your son. And, and, and you know, we have a closer relationship now than ever. And, and that just makes uh, a mom and a dad swell up. And I'm always right. reminded of that woman that we talk about all the time from Proverbs 31. The Bible says her children rise up and call her blessed. Absolutely. You know, so if your children can recognize that they're blessed and having you in their life as their parent, yeah, God blessed and you did something right for real. And so that well, you know, we all want to uh, see the fruit of our labor. Yeah. We all want to hear kind words spoken to us while we are alive. And uh, so every now and then when God allows us to hear something or see something, that reminds us that, no, you you weren't perfect, but you did some things yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's a blessing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, folks, you're listening to this evening's episode of uh, Marriage and Family Clinic in Hampton Roads and Tidewater. You're listening in on WGPL 1350 on that AM dial. You're also tuned in on the Internet at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Hey, listen, we've got a good program going on on this evening. I'm talking with my brother from Jacksonville, Florida. We're still dealing with women's issues and we're talking the discussion this evening is on my brother raising his three daughters. If you want to hear this broadcast or anyone again, you can search us on iTunes, the C.D. Hodges' podcast, or if you have that little purple icon on your smart device, that little purple app that says podcast, you can search the C.D. Hodges' podcast and find us there. Do me a favor, email me at C.D. Hodges at hotmail.com or inbox me on Facebook. Let me know you heard us. Let me know you enjoyed it, you despised it, you you were benefited or we wasted your time. Just let me hear from you. But so glad to have you this evening. Yeah. And you know, now, and and let me ask you something here. And I want to get a little uh, deeper in this thing. How do you involve yourself or how have you involved yourself in in the relationship between your wife and your daughters? You know, um, I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, I'm more of an observer. Yeah. And I tend not to get involved unless I'm invited. And maybe for the wrong reasons, I don't know. We used to joke, uh, you know, somebody told me one time, you know, don't get in the middle of, you know, ladies and women when they're doing whatever they do. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know, you know, their emotions. I cannot mm. relate to that. So when you have my wife and her daughter and they're dealing with some things, yeah. uh, then unless I'm invited, uh, I have enough confidence, first of all, in my wife, mm-hmm. because I know the woman that I'm married. 
uh, too. I know her faith in God, and I know she wants to do right. And then I have enough faith in my children, and uh, because I taught them and we taught them that whatever is going on between them or with them, that they know how to work it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I kind of let that relationship develop on its own and uh, only get involved when I'm needed. Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When, when, when I'm invited, yeah. then I'll get in there. <laughs> and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm listening to you, and I'm, I'm just imagining this play out in my mind, and I'm watching the video roll forward and backwards and pause in my mind here, uh, 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 because I, I know that there are times, and again, I had sons, but I, I, I did let my sons know that she was my wife before she was your mother. Right. And, and, and you know, so there, that does not mean, even though you may take what sounds to be a hands-off approach, it does not mean that you're not involved at all. Oh, you're still playing no, a father yeah. role. And yeah, yeah. And, and if and if I see something or hear something that I think is out of order, oh, believe me, Dad would step in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, you know, say yeah. and do what needs to be done. That's good. And I think they appreciate that. I know they appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's good to teach them that, and that kind of helps them to learn boundaries also, uh, mm-hmm. because I think a failure in a lot of relationship is that we don't respect boundaries. And uh-huh. and uh, a lot of our sons and daughters don't leave home ever because they can't differentiate themselves from the family as a whole. And uh-huh. so even though you have the tribe down there in Florida, uh, they've still been able to say, hey, it's time for me to step out and uh, establish a life on my own and start my own line. And right. so that's a really great thing there. But and, and I notice even though some of the men uh, that your daughters have brought home, uh, they have picked up the tribe mentality also. Now, and, and how you do you go about exactly making right. sure? I was thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. They have. They have. I, I don't know what my daughter said or what they saw, <laughs> but I would say this as well. I think they're comfortable doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And. They're, com- they're comfortable coming into this tribal atmosphere because, I'm going to tell you, first of all, there's love here. Right, right. Okay. There's humor here, you know. I mean, we know how to have, you know, fun. And, uh, I mean, it's just a type of environment, as a matter of fact. Um, so they have moved in and, uh, I mean, uh, I don't mean literally move in, but yeah. they have just made themselves at home yeah you know with our family atmosphere yeah that's a great thing because you know your daughters have convinced them that this is where i'm safe mm-hmm. and if you want me this is what me means this is all right. of me and and i think that's so important for a man coming into a family or a woman coming into the family if you can accept your in-laws, for lack of a better term right now, uh, you're going to have a problem in that marriage relationship. You know, and so... Well, well, I think that they see it our family, too. And and please, I hope your audience understand, I I don't want to give this impression that we are a perfect family. Yeah. We are a work in progress always, like everybody else. Sometimes we hit a home run, sometimes we strike out. Yeah, yeah. But I think at the same time, you know, when they invite these men into the process, I think sometimes they see some things in our family that maybe they have missed in their own. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. And I think one thing is that 
that unqualified acceptance. You're fine like you are. You you don't have to qualify. You don't. You, you're fine like you are. But then they know what fine is before they bring him home. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And, and, and again, and you know, they understand. And I'm old fashioned. Um, I, I am going. They know what I expect, and they. And let's be honest. And some folks may not appreciate this, but they know what kind of man not to bring. Right. 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 They, they know that. Uh, right. And I and I often tell people, and again, uh, some people may not understand it, but when our children go out and get hurt, the first place they come back to is home for healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd rather be proactive in helping them establish and get established in a situation where they're less likely to be hurt. Right. And that means being proactive rather than being reactive. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and so sometimes they might bring somebody home, and I might say, well, no, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you might want to take another look at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've got a lot of old folks that would do well to run their decisions by somebody before right. they make up their minds. It's just always a good thing to do. Proverbs says, you know, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's not a uh, uh, that's not a gem of knowledge that's restricted to the young. We all would do well to include others in our decision making process because you're obviously going to see something that I don't see, and and right. nowhere right. is that more applicable than in our sons and in our daughters. You know, mm-hmm. and even along that lines, though. Now, now, how did you go about deciding what age you were going to allow your daughters to date? maturity factors uh-huh. and uh mm. raising our children you know all of us hear this you know you you treat this person better than me you love this person yeah and a lot of times what they're looking for is and what they're looking at is the fact that i may have allowed this daughter to start dating a little younger mm-hmm. than the other daughter because of the maturity factor right uh, as a general rule now uh there's not a lot of serious dating in high school. Now, that's me, right or wrong. Yeah. You know, everybody have their own. Now, yeah, you can have friends, and you can even go to some ball games and things like that, but uh, you're going to be home by 11. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be home by 11, and I'm going to know Generous. who you are and who you're with. <laughs> uh, and so as far as how old to start dating, uh, pretty much... After you're out of high school, and uh, then you're pretty much, you know, you can make these decisions and things and maybe stay out a little later and so forth. Yeah, but yeah. there is no canned age. That right. I know you were 18, you can start dating. Right. Uh, you know, my, uh, my, my youngest one, uh, my middle one, she, she was very mature. She was very mature, mm-hmm. even at the uh, 16, 17. My baby girl, you know, and maybe because she was the baby we had to spend a little extra time with her. Yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah. so we had to hold I believe on to that. that rope a little bit longer. <laughs> I can and, testify and, to that. I can, I can probably describe your daughter's character and hit them to the T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably could. Yeah, you but that's great, could, though, man. You know? That's great. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that uh, 
you based it on the individual and not some canned theory about what you should be able to accomplish or know or do or perform at a certain age, but you take the individual and that has to work better. And they, they, I imagine they appreciate that also. He paid attention to me and didn't put me in some kind of a box, you know. Well, I think they grew to appreciate it. Of course, yeah. the younger they were, again, we ran into Wadi. You didn't do this to her. You didn't treat her that way. And yeah. And the other. But now that they're older, they laugh about it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They laugh about these things. Now we explain it. Well, you know, the reason we couldn't do that, because you know how you are. Yeah. And, and, they, and they know. And they laugh about yeah, it. Yeah. You know? That's so, great, man. That's a great we'll thing. We'll understand it better by and by. Yeah. That's a great thing. Now, let me ask you this right here. Did you ever notice any competition between your daughters and your wife for your affection? Uh, I can't say that I ever had that problem. Yeah. Um, I, I, I never, I, I don't recall ever either of them having to wrestle for my attention. As a matter of fact, I think, my wife and my daughters were so close. I was the one doing the wrestling. They give me some attention. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and of course, now that the grandchildren are here with my wife, that's even more so. Lord have mercy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. But no, I, I I never had any attention struggles or power struggles. You know, wrestling for my attention, anything like yeah. that. And I never even really thought about that. So I like to, and I don't want to boast, but I like to think that well, maybe that's a sign that I was giving them all the attention that they felt they needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you I, know? and I ask that question because I've heard that often, and I've I've even seen that on several occasions uh, mm-hmm. in all these years that I've been in the ministry that uh, there would be some competition there, and the daughter would want to uh, kind of ease between her mother and her yeah. father. And uh, there's kind of a, uh, a complex there, and boys experience it the same way. They want to protect their mothers. And uh, so there's some psychological babble that goes along with that. I don't have time to talk about, but I have kind of seen it play out. You know, man, I tell you, this has been some good discussion. Uh, Believe it or not, we're out of time already. Uh, uh, Man, I wish I had longer. We're going to have to get you back and do this some more. But I certainly appreciate you being on with us. So uh, uh, keep your mind open. Keep your ears open, your ears to the ground, because I'm going to be calling you back so that we can do this again. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to uh, the discussion between my brother and myself. That's Pastor Byron Hodges, all the way from Jacksonville, Florida, talking with us on this evening about raising daughters, of which he has three and uh, some marvelous nieces that he's given me there. And I sincerely appreciate that. And you're listening to us again on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. Don't forget to reach out to us. Let us know what you think about the program. If you want to hear these broadcasts or get our podcast, search for us on iTunes, the C.D. Hodges' podcast, or go to that little purple app on your smart device and uh, search the C.D. Hodges' podcast. You'll find us there. Thank you for joining Joining in, we'll be with you same time next week. And always remember, you can't have peace unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out. You've been tuned in to the Family and Marriage Clinic with your host, Bishop Carl Hodges. You can tune in every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on your station for praise. WGPL 1350.